Hello everyone, my name is Jason Ramirez and welcome to the Hitlist Podcast, a podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list and discuss them. This is Season 5, Episode 2, and I am joined today by a pretty okay guy, he's on YouTube, you know? <laughs> uh, we have Ryan, aka Rival Reacts, here with us today. Welcome Ryan, thank you so much so for guys. being here. Uh, thanks for having me, I'm happy to be here. Before we get started on the film we're going to discuss today, uh, I have two questions for you. My first question is, what are your viewing habits when it comes to film? When you sit down and watch a movie, do you choose something new or do you stick to your favorites? Um, I don't think I... I probably have seen, like, rewatched movies probably, like, five times, I think. I, I'm not at all a big rewatcher. Um, so, yeah, I, I basically only watch new movies, I think. That's good. Um, yeah, and I don't think I watch that many movies on my own, like, outside of making videos and stuff. So yeah, usually it's with a camera next to me. Uh, <laughs> so, so basically, yeah. You find a way to monetize that. So uh, I, I exactly. congratulate you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank my, you. My, my question is, because I grew up watching TV movies, like probably too much. What did you okay. do? Like you probably did grow up watching movies. What did you do instead? Yeah. So I also, I mean, while I did grow up watching a decent amount of movies, all of the movies I watched were dubbed. So I've never, mm -hmm. like, for example, I recently watched, I don't even remember which movie, but I watched it in English for the first time because I've never even seen the English version. And then I watched a lot of TV shows. I was big into TV shows, more than, much more than movies. And I was a real gamer. I was addicted to video games for way too long. <laughs> way too long. Yeah. So it was really yeah. video games, YouTube, and TV shows, like Nickelodeon shows. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Growing up, my parents never bought me a video game for any, for any type of reason. Um, uh, actually, one big reason is because they knew I'll get addicted to it very quickly. And they were right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's, it's, honestly, it's smart. <laughs> uh, when it's I smart. when I got to like 20, I was able to like kind of like live on my own for a little bit. And I had like a P... Well, I use the same PC I'm using right now. I got Steam and I started playing like Bioshock and, you know, Middle Earth, those type of games. And... Yeah. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of hours on those, and I realized, oh, my parents were right about this. <laughs> there was a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wasted a lot of time. <laughs> like, <laughs> when I should have been studying or whatnot, like, in high school. Just, just, I don't know, playing League of Legends and stuff. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, just, League know. of Legends. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, my, my whole 14-year-old self, 13, I was just, <laughs> I was addicted. <laughs> All right, so my second question for you is... um. What is your controversial hot take in life? Like, what's well, just one life. controversial, just one controversial hot take you have? Just anyone, right? Mm, look, technically, right? Like, I have a couple. You have a couple, but I think I think my go-to hot take actually is about today's podcast. Technically, ooh, okay, okay, because I genuinely believe that the movie that we're going to be talking about today is the greatest movie ever created. Ooh, that is controversial. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen up. I cannot defend. I can. I cannot defend myself on this. Let's make that clear. I cannot. I can't debate anyone on this. <laughs> like, don't don't come at me right now. But, like, just deep in me, um, I believe it's the best movie ever. Okay, uh, I've is. seen it like a couple of times because of that. Like, I don't know. I just it's my go-to movie. Okay. That is controversial. Um, that is, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to like hold. I had to hold back. 
uh, from yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> like I can hear people typing in the comments right now. <laughs> like he can behave me. Like um, the nineteen-year-old in me is like trying to like say something, but I'm like twenty-six now. I'm like no, like, hold it back. Hold it I'm back. grown. I'm grown. I'm grown. I can't. I can't give in. Um, and and quickly another hot take. Just just quickly aside for anyone, kombucha is the most overrated drink on earth. Okay, I think I can agree with you there. Thank you. There's always like every couple of years, there's always like a trendy new food or drink or whatever. A few years ago, it was sriracha sauce. Like you couldn't oh, right. go anywhere without like doing like a sriracha sauce on this sandwich or sriracha sauce on this and that. Yeah. And when I tried it, I'm like, this is just like sweet. Like it's, this is not hot at all. I think this is why a lot of people <laughs> like it because it's like it's like quote unquote hot sauce. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's not really hot. I think that's why it was really popular, and I just didn't I, like I don't, it. I, I do feel like people who say that it's their, well, is it like a hot sauce? They didn't really grow up with hot sauce. Right, right, <laughs> Or pepper. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up with my parents just eating rice with a pepper. Like, that was just like their dinner <laughs> sometimes. So, I don't know. Like, I've only had it once because it's not that big over here. Um, mm-hmm. So, I've, I've tried it once and. It's tangy a little bit, like it's, yeah. <laughs> it stings a little bit, but I, yeah, it's not hot sauce. All right, so my, my controversial hot take, uh, I'm gonna discuss one is um, okay, okay, here we go. My dog doesn't want me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bracing uh, myself. Okay, here we go. Social media sucks. Bam. Oh no, what? that's not a hot take. I mean, that's what? what? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we all relate to this one. No, <laughs> this in, is... in the way that, like, I want to elaborate on this. In the way that, like, whenever a new app comes up and they have like mm-hmm. one feature that makes them unique, then all the other apps can take it. Um, yeah. Instagram is like the um, is like Thanos with the Infinity Stones with like all these apps. <laughs> like at first, True. it was just like. When it, when it first came out, it was just like a filter that you can use for photos. And then people just started sharing photos there and they just made it to a photo app. But then Snapchat came out with like, um, you know, the stories and like messaging people. And then they did that. And then they tried to copy YouTube with IGTV. And True. most recently that we're all familiar with is like the Reels because TikTok got really popular. So now... Instagram is trying to do reels and now they're trying to become more of a video app and not a photo app anymore. And yeah. it's not just Instagram because I was on Pinterest recently and I'm not always on Pinterest, you know, um, I'm not the demographic for Pinterest. There were stories in Pinterest. Really? Like this, yes. I was bewildered. That. <laughs> there we go. They don't need it. Why do you have stories in Pinterest? You don't need it. It's a discovery Damn. thing for like inspiration for like DIY Damn. or fashion. Why do you, why are you putting stories in Pinterest? You know, yeah. very interesting about that actually. But uh, WhatsApp, which I don't think is very popular in America, but WhatsApp has stories. And mm. yeah, just imagine your texting app, your go-to texting app, whatever you use, like text message on your iPhone has a stories function. You don't really need that. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's very, yeah, no, I agree with this. I, I fully agree with this. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, they say it's innovation. There's no innovation. It's called being a thief. Um, True. Kind of <laughs> related to, as soon as possible. Kind of related to this, uh, to this movie right here. So the film we were discussing today is Knives Out. 
Knives Out is a 2019 American mystery film written, directed by Ryan Johnson, and produced by Johnson and Rand Bergman. It follows the master detective Benoit Blanc investigating the death of the patriarch of a wealthy, dysfunctional family. The ensemble cast includes Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Langford, Jaden Martell, and Christopher Plummer. So, Ryan... Why was Knives Out on your list? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, to me, it's just the best movie ever. Um, <laughs> I've watched it a couple of times already, of course. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I feel like I also, I just I just have a nice connotation to the movie. Like, at the time when it came out, I went to see it in the cinema. I think it's actually the last movie I probably watched before COVID. Mm. So it's actually one of the... Wow. One of my, <laughs> my, it's one of my, like, last normal cinema experiences. <laughs> That might have something to do with it. And I don't know, when I was watching it for the first time, like, I was lost. Like, I was genuinely like, oh, my God, it's not you. <laughs> like, oh, my God, you didn't do it? Like, hey, no, no way. Oh, my God, it's you? So, like, I was genuinely just, like, twisting and turning in the cinema, just surprised. And I think it's, like, it's like one of those movies that anyone can watch, you know? It's like, I don't know, you can show it to anyone and they'll have a nice time with it for, like, two hours. So, yeah, it's very, uh, I don't know, it's very accessible to anyone. Yeah, definitely. And that's uh, what Ryan said, um, the director, Ryan Johnson, when he was making this film. He said he would watch like these old Poirot uh, films with his family when he was younger. And originally the script had more cuss words in it, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. He wanted it to be more accessible to families. So you could like, mm-hmm. probably watch it with your parents or whatever. So instead of saying that, they made Chris Evans say, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, it's like something you don't even realize, and they had to like tone down like the blood. Like, there's barely any blood in this film. Um, so when Christopher Plummer's character um kills himself when he slashes his throat, it was originally supposed to have like a splatter effect onto like the camera, so it splatters like it's like a bunch of red that comes out. Mm-hmm. But they gave them an R rating for that, so they had to keep toning down the blood until there's like almost no blood at all. Like right. this, the shock that you feel is because of the shock of like how quick it is, and Ana de Armas is like reaction to that to that scene. Right. So yeah, yeah. It, there's a reason why it feels like that. It's because they made it feel like that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it is honestly like one of those movies that I would feel comfortable watching with anyone that mm-hmm. is like of decent age, <laughs> like unless yeah. you're like a small kid, you know what I mean. But like, I could genuinely just watch this with my parents and be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's like it's very rare for me to. Well, I try to watch movies with my parents because, like, they like movies, but, like, they like older movies, like, from, like, the 1960s mm. and 50s. Like, the Mex- it's, like, Mexican films from, like, way back when. And this is, like, one of those films, like, I'm able to watch with my mom and dad. Like, they, when, I, when I first saw it with them, it wasn't my first time watching it. It was, like, their first time watching it, but they really mm. liked it. So, it was, like, right, a movie yeah. day. That's cool. All right, so let's talk about some of your favorite scenes in the film. Like, what did you like? There's like, a lot of memorable scenes. What was your favorite scenes? I think my go-to favorite scene is probably the the getaway scene of her driving away from all the cops. Like that's just I remember like that's one of those scenes. Uh, I think I most recently watched it with my girlfriend, and just watching her face while this was going on is like, oh my god, like what what are we doing? <laughs> like you really think this small little car you're gonna get away from all these police cars across the highway, like over a bridge? I think it was. Um, so that's definitely one of them, and I think the. The Hugh did it scene when they find Fran like tied up in the back of like uh, the store, I think. 
and then she kind of falls over and she points at her. And I think that's just such a cool scene. Um, yeah. Like later in the movie, they kind of have a callback to it, like what she actually meant to say because his first name was Hugh. Which is also, by the way, a very American thing because <laughs> when I read the subtitles and I saw Hugh, I don't read Hugh. <laughs> like, I oh. read it as Hugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so when, I, when, <laughs> when she said Hugh, I was like, oh, that's how you say the name. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like you're, okay. Like yeah, my instinct it, isn't to it, say the name like that, you know what I mean? Hugh, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like I don't know, like when I found out that Arkansas is isn't Arkansas. Oh, dude, dude, things like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I'm not even sure it's still a law anymore, but it was. It's against the law there to say the name wrong. <laughs> oh wait, so it is actually Arkansas, right? It's Arkansas, but people will say like oh, Arkansas, okay. Arkansas, Arkansas like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's one of those things like phonetically. <laughs> I don't know. While reading it, it doesn't really make sense. So, I don't know. That was a very fun twist for me. I think probably those two. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it, yeah, the getaway scene is very funny. Like, just when they when it finishes, like, he said, it's the stupidest chase, chase he's yeah. ever been on. <laughs> Some other scenes I really liked were when they're being first being interrogated and they each have their own perception perspective on mm. how the, the night before went. Because... Depending on who's telling the story, it, they always change who's right next to, um, what's his name? I, I just Harlan? say Christopher Paul. Harlan. Yeah, right yeah, next yeah. to Harlan. Because they each, I'm True. like, wait a minute, that wasn't the way it was when yeah. this person said it. And it's just very funny. And they also like, whenever, whenever they talk about um, Anna's character, uh, <laughs> they, they always say she's from a different country. <laughs> yeah. They, I think they said four different countries. And I was like, yeah. I actually had to Google yesterday, I think, before this. I was like, where actually is she from? <laughs> because I've heard like four countries in this movie. But um, it's still unknown. It's where, still where, unknown. She, they, didn't, they don't know. They, they don't no. really say. <laughs> no, it's, it's never revealed. But they said like Uruguay, Paraguay, Brazil. I think it's in Bolivia one more too. And Bolivia maybe, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it's just like so realistic in that sense like <laughs> some people don't like, like don't i care could to see ask. those people actually yeah exactly i could see yeah. those people actually saying this <laughs> like it yeah, wouldn't and surprise that's, me that's another aspect of like the inspiration behind this film because ryan johnson was a huge fan of agatha christie's novels um, are you familiar with agatha, agatha christie no i'm not so she was i think she was british or american but anyway from the early 20th century like 1910 1920s she wrote a series of mystery novels some of them a lot of them have been adapted into like plays and movies you might have heard of one of them is called and then there were none which is like I think uh, i've heard that before yeah it's like um it's basic basic story it's about these 10 different people wealthy people from different aspects of society are invited to this party they're not sure why they don't know each other's names mm. and then one by one one each of them is murdered and they don't know oh, who's doing okay. it. And it's actually one of them that's doing it. And that's as much... Even though it's been out for like over 100 years. I don't want to spoil the end. Um, but yeah, that's been adapted several times. And so... Right? In each of her books... She ha she's she was a very political person. But she always like wrote the characters... As if they're discussing things that's happening to them. Like in the current time. So like in the 1920s... They'll talk about stuff that's happened in the 1920s. So right, when they made okay. this, so when he's made his film in 2019, they're obviously gonna have to talk about stuff that's going on in 2019, which is like immigration and people being racist and shit. 
Like it's yeah. just more realistic. The that little way. kid as well. Oh my god! Uh, that the was little the kid most... who was like in the bathroom, like on Reddit or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so I, and I, I think I heard a lot of people say that it felt very topical. Like it was very 2019 without being one of those social media movies. You know, it's like yeah, definitely <laughs> talking definitely. about posting TikToks or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and it's even like a little, even though TikTok still existed then, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's very topical. That's that's the whole thing about that. Yeah. What was my another favorite scene of mine? I had to think back. I literally just watched it before I got on this call. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh yeah. Um when Benoit <laughs> he real he realizes he solved a case, he's like <gasps> like in the background because Anna's oh, about yeah. to confess. She's about to confess like she killed him by accident. And he's like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, that accent, bro. Yeah, that accent. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> and the thing is, what I found very bewildering about this, that like they had like two different cameras going on. One camera on the family, the other camera on the dog. And right. shooting at the exact same time. So when he said, excuse me, and the dog went like, huh? That was the actual. That was the actual reaction of the dog, <laughs> and it's also the first time that Daniel Craig did that, performed in front of them as that character. So they're all just like, "Oh, it's that type of movie." <laughs> oh, all right, okay. <laughs> it's a huge contrast to like other mystery films because usually in other mystery films, the audience is the one that's gasping, right? Uh, that the detective right. is like solving the case, but in this case. The t- detective is like, oh, shit, I just saw this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's some of the other scenes. I that's like. a good one. Yeah, and you said this is, like, you said best film ever. Um, why? Yep. Sorry? You said I, you said it's one of the best films ever. That's your controversial hot take. Um, do you know why? Yep. No. No. Um, <laughs> trust me, it plays into the fact that I haven't seen that many movies in my life. So don't get me wrong. Okay. But um, no, I don't know. It's <laughs> I just I don't I also make people watch this movie. Um, really? Like yeah, like my dear friend Rebecca Rose, I made her watch it, and she made a video. It was like good. <laughs> you should have watched it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you for thank you for viewing. Um, so like I don't know I think I'm like a movie ambassador for this thing you know what I mean like I'm just yeah <laughs> just fighting for this movie um, like the new one that. coming out like I don't know I'm going to the premiere like I'm buying tickets like as soon as possible uh, I have no reason why I think it's the best movie but and well I would say I, I do like the, the cast in general mm-hmm. I feel like it's quite star studded in like a cool way yeah Definitely, definitely. Um, because I think for me, this was probably the only, the first other movie than of any Marvel stuff that I've seen Chris Evans in. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's been in a lot of Marvel like, movies. Yeah. So, like, I, I only knew him as Captain America, you know? <laughs> so, it was quite cool for me to see him, like, in, like, I don't know. I don't want to say an actual movie. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want, I love Marvel. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I went to all the premieres as well. But, like, I don't know, a, a different genre, at least, I guess, you know, than all of the same genre that he's been in before in all the Marvel movies. Um, yeah, so this is also my just, I don't know, first introduction to that. And I, I like Under the Arms as well. I think she's, she's super cool, super good. She's um, very beautiful. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just in general, I, I know there's actually some, like, for example, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, that's <laughs> like a legendary person, but 
for me, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> so I was like, hey, y'all are kind of cool. Like, you guys add to the to the prestige of the movie, you know what I mean? Without it really yeah. weighing in for me. So for me, it was also seeing a movie with all those people in it for the first time as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And Chris Evans in a sweater. <laughs> that shit hit different. That, that, that hit, man. <laughs> that guy in a sweater was different, trust me. <laughs> He got me on oh. Zara afterwards, man. I was on Zara <laughs> looking for a sweater. Um, yeah, no, nah, I think it's just all in all. Just, uh, just fun. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. My thing is, when I first watched this movie, because my friend highly recommended it to me, she had a she had a really good time watching this movie. She okay. had, like, tweeting about it. And the thing with me is, I don't like watching a movie that gets, like, way too popular very early on. Like, as soon as mm. it's out, it's popular. Because usually... I'm not a big fan of those movies. I think I've mentioned it before in this podcast, but that's how I am. Like, like if like Richardson, right? It had like an extreme response. Uh, it seems like something I might watch, maybe eventually, but I I didn't watch it because there was just too much reaction to it. If that makes sense. Uh, uh, I don't okay. Know. Okay. I don't know if I'm running it right, but I think you get a feel of what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's why I didn't watch Knives Out. Ben, my friend, highly recommended it to me. I saw it. I liked it. And I told her, she, she said, what you think? Like, I thought it was uh, really good. Um, but it's not like anything I haven't seen before. <laughs> okay, okay. It, it's, it's, like, it's like something I've seen before. Because, like I said, growing up, I watched a lot of TV and movies. Most of it were, were mystery. I love mystery movies. I love, ah, okay. like, the, the whole whodunit genre. Uh, actually, I have it right here. One of the inspirations for this movie, Columbo. Oh, cool! I have heard of this before, but I actually, fun fact: uh, Who Done It is not a it's not a genre here, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so for me, this is the first time I've ever seen a Who Done It. And then in all really? the recommendations on Google, you know, they show you all the other things. So also Columbo, but there's just a whole list of Who Done It series and and movies. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wow. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a niche. It's a niche that yeah, uh, exactly. I didn't know it was not. Over in Europe, that I guess. Yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I, it might just be my, me, just I don't know, just not being aware. But I yeah. think that also probably weighed into me getting surprised by everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I haven't seen this stuff before. So yeah, but that, that makes sense, especially if you're more familiar with it. Because I feel like you can only do that many twists until yeah, the yeah, twists yeah. are empty. <laughs> like you just there's nothing. You can't really do a twist anymore without it being predictable. Yeah, and that's that's was my thing too because um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with an anime manga called Case Closed. Um, no. So it's a very old one. It's kind of like One Piece in the fact that it's still going, even though it started in the mm. '90s. It's about this teenager. He was like a genius detective because he was raised by like detectives, and then so he witnessed like a crime, and then the gangsters gave him like a drug that turned him automatically into a kid again. He moves in with his best friend, whose father is also a private inspector, a private detective, but he's terrible at it. So he has like his mentor, who's an inventor, kind of like um, Doc from Back to the Future. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, where basically he gives him a watch that will like sit, that will shoot out a dart that will sedate the detective. So like he's asleep. And then he'll like use like a, he has a boat side, it has like a voice modifier, so it makes it sound like him. So like he'll solve the case. Like, he was like, oh. hey, this is how we solved the case. Like, so, like, Detective Moore, which is, like, the guy's name, is, like, he looks like he's asleep, right? He's sitting down. Like, this is, like, his move of, like, solving the case. And right behind him is, he's, like, the kid. <laughs> he's, like, doing a voice modifier, like, solving the case. Like, this is how it happened. <laughs> that sounds really cool. 
it's it's a very it's a very uh, unique um show, and I really liked it. I read the manga before I watched the anime, and the manga is more creepier because it's in black and white. And there was this one episode or chapter where they're at a mansion and someone's hosting a party. Similar concepts I told you before about Agatha Christie. Yeah, and then the bridge to like get off is destroyed during a storm, and there's someone like chopping people there. And they okay. don't know who it is. So it's like that whole thing. So like I'm familiar. And this is like an everyday thing with the case closed. Like there's always solving murders. And then I watched this movie called Clue. It's based off the board game called Clue. And it's yeah. a 1985 movie. It's very, as like a cult following, you know, it's very popular amongst a certain amount of people. And I saw Clue many times beforehand. Okay. So... As much as I've seen other stuff, like what I did like about this movie is that it follows someone who we think is the killer, and then right. we don't want her to get caught. <laughs> yeah, she's the like I, I think I wrote this down. Technically, like you watch like I don't know the first one and a half hour thinking she's a criminal. <laughs> like, yeah. You just think like <laughs> I'm rooting for you, but you did gotta kill a guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. it's it's the same thing with um it's inspiration for Columbo. So with Columbo. They show who did it the first 10 minutes. Like, the first 10, 20 minutes, they show who committed the crime, why they did it. And then Columbo, Detective Columbo, he comes in and he's trying to solve the case. Like, the audience knows who did it. But we want to know, we want to know how Columbo is going to figure it out for himself. And then he, eventually, he always eventually solves it. But it's very interesting because we want the killer to get caught. We know how they did it. We just want, we just want the good guy, Columbo, to solve it. And in this movie, it's reversed. Because we like Anna's character, we like yeah. her. She, we, for the first, for the majority of the film, we believe that she accidentally killed him, when in fact it wasn't her who did it. It was someone else. Be like she's the killer, quote unquote. <laughs> but we don't want her to get caught. And the antagonist is the cop who's trying to solve the case, who's not trying to find the killer, but also find the truth as to like what really happened. Yeah. So. That's a very unique take on the genre that I'm very glad Ryan Johnson went with this. Okay, good. See, I mean, that is an extra um, argument towards it being the greatest movie ever. <laughs> I'm just taking that from now on. I was just like, hey, actually, it's quite unique within the genre, guys. <laughs> Fun fact, if you ever, if you ever seen Clue or Columbo, I mean... <laughs> I hope this makes a case for you to watch Clue. It did sound very interesting, yeah. You said 1985? Yeah, 1985. It's a very good film. I really like it. Okay. Have you ever seen Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah. It has Doc Brown in there, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, cool, okay. And oh. this other guy, I forgot his name. Um, Wait, Have you ever seen Scooby-Doo? No, no, he wasn't in Scooby-Doo. Wait, how old? How old is Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing, because like when he was in Back to the Future, he was like forty. Yeah. So like he looked older. <laughs> Wait, sorry, let me quit. <laughs> He's like this eighty or ninety now. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's a legend. That's a gem. Well, Damn. Because I, I like if you're of age to be acting in 1985, you gotta be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry's in it. Do you know Tim Curry? Mm, no, I don't think so. Have you ever seen Home Alone 2? Yeah. Do you know, like, the concierge guy? Wait, let me Google... Let me, let me quickly... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've definitely seen his face before, yeah. Yeah, he's in there, too. He's really good. Okay, he's like, cool. 
You should watch Clue for for YouTube. And yeah, it's perfect good. for spooky season. Sounds good. You heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> I, I inspired Ryan to watch Clue for the channel. If it shows up, I'm a, I, I'll have to give credit. I mean, <laughs> honestly. You heard it here first. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any more things to talk about the film? Mm, I think I... Okay, I have two things. Okay. Three things. Yeah, three. One thing that I, um, I found out is actually like during filming that happened. So when they are reading out the will mm. um, and the, the will goes over to Martha, they yeah. turn around and they kind of start like cursing out like her, like after she gets the house as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a line comes out by the little kid and he said, <laughs> and I quote, you had sex with my grandpa, you dirty anchor baby. <laughs> and apparently this is completely improvised. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then they refilmed it to like make it properly fit the scene. Yeah. But um, that was com- that was just, and I remember hearing that. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "That's an interesting." I think that someone also said like you were boinking my dad or something, <laughs> um, and she was a lot more um, <laughs> smooth with it. But um, so yeah, f- finding out that was improvised surprised me because I was like, "How did you just?" whip that out on the on the on so, yeah, just right there i i also learned about this in the commentary so mm. that actor who said that Jaden, he came out with that he tried he was saying it but like no one heard him but michael shannon who played that character's dad um he heard him say that and then he said right. to, um, to ryan johnson like hey um Jaden has a really interesting line you should like record that and then they recorded it <laughs> and they, they left it in yeah so, so props to michael shannon a uh, general zone for True. for sticking up for Jaden. Yeah, he's got he's got a good ear. <laughs> um, okay, so I have two more things. The mm-hmm. vomiting. Oh, we could have done without. We could we could have done something else. She could have turned red. She could have you know started sweating. I don't know. I <laughs> I, I did not like the vomiting. <laughs> no, it's like. Um, it's very disgusting, but it's like a very obvious tell. So like, true. I th- I think in a way, while it is disgusting, we can automatically like tell when she's lying because like when someone's sweating, they get just like, oh, is that? That hot is true. That is true. It's a hot. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a condition, but like with that, she cannot lie. It is like an immediate tell. That's true. That's true. Very. <laughs> so like when she finally does throw up right in Chris <laughs> yeah. Evans' face, they're like, oh, she was lying. Yeah, because if, if she was just sweating, like, wait, why are you sweating? Like, are you <laughs> true, true, that is true. I think it does help with bring, driving home the point of her actually lying in the moment. It's the whole build up there. Definitely, uh, that is true. But I don't know, like I was watching it. I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I don't really. <laughs> I have a weak stomach. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's disgusting to watch. It is. Yeah, to watch. I did some martial arts training last week at a new place because uh-huh. I'm. I recently moved and I'm trying to see like where to go because I want to see if like these gyms like meet my meet my expectations, my goals. And last week, someone threw up <laughs> right <laughs> near the water fountain, like right Damn. there. The only water Not fountain. There. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> I didn't notice because I, I was wearing glasses, right? And I was walking closer and I see like red stuff on the on the on the floor. I'm like, wait, what is that? And it, the smell hits me. 
We yeah, all know the, the Star Wars throw up. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just it's disgusting me right now. I, I, I have to hold it back right now, but yeah, I, I was like, damn, I'm trying to get some water. Why did you have to do it right there? <laughs> the water is tainted. <laughs> like even after yeah. you clean it, you don't really. <laughs> No, no, so actually, I t- yeah, I grew up boxing, so I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've witnessed a lot of vomiting. <laughs> yeah, just sports-related vomiting. I was dehydrated too. Like, why would you do that? And I was close, to, close to it too, because I, I was like, no, You're like, <laughs> like, is it worth it? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have one more point. Um, yeah. So when after the money thing happens, she she goes home, and then she gets a phone call from the daughter. Um, I think Meg. Yeah, Meg. Yeah, Meg calls her and asks uh, asks her whether she would still help her with school, because she's like, "Yeah, my mom can't pay it. Like, I really need the money." And then she agrees, like, "Of course, I'll take care of you. Uh, I got you." And then she just hangs up immediately <laughs> after she says that she will give her the money. And I was, <laughs> I remember like every single time I see that scene, like, "Fuck you, Meg. <laughs> like, I don't right. know, <laughs> Meg. I don't honestly." <laughs> respectfully me personally i would not help you i don't think i don't think you deserve anything respectfully i don't think so and if you also remember like before they found out she was um the the heir to the to, to the inheritance they were saying like uh marta we're gonna take care of you we got you yeah and then <laughs> they immediately get mad at her for getting the inheritance and like you kind of see like they don't really care about her no, like, the, true, they just, the true colors come out. Yeah, they just were all there for the money. It was very obvious. Like, they're yeah. that dysfunctional. Especially with um, Michael Shannon's character. I forgot. I keep forgetting his name. I just think of him as Michael Shannon. Like, the uh, guy with the with the cane. The Yeah, the, the son-in-law? Or no, no, I think that was, the, that was one of the sons. Oh, uh, yeah, his, right, his son. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Because um, he was trying to get the rights to, like, the stories or whatever. And then, right, the publishing thing. Uh, Harlan said, like, you need to make a name for yourself. <laughs> and I should have told you this much sooner, but you need to make a name for yourself. I'm not giving you this. So it's like, damn, like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have told remember. him that a lot sooner. A lot, a lot sooner. sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that actually on top of my list, the first thing I tr- uh, I um, wrote down is the Trombi family screwed. <laughs> this family is just dysfunctional as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what I like about this movie is because, like, you really see... They're making fun of the family more than most of the time. <laughs> true. True. And deservedly so. Let's talk a little bit more about how this movie was made. Most of this is from Wikipedia. Most of this is just, like, knowledge I've received over the years I cannot cite. So, if you're going to, like, uh, correct me in the comments, uh, thank you. I appreciate you. So, after making the 2005 film Brick... The writer and director Ryan Johnson came up with the basic concepts for Knives Out. And in June 2010, he expressed interest in making an Agatha Christie-inspired murder mystery film. And he told The Independent that he wanted to make the film after finishing Looper, which was released in 2012 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. However, his next film project became Star Wars The Last Jedi, one of the most controversial films in Star Wars history. Uh, I'm going to put this out right here. This is just Jason Ramirez speaking. I like that movie. I don't understand the hate for it. That's it. That's Same. it. Same. I can vouch. That's it. Um, I enjoyed it. Jo- Johnson then spent seven months writing the script after finishing his press tour for Star Wars: Last Jedi. 
and he cited several classic mystery thrillers and mystery comedies as influences for the films, including The Last of Sheila, Murder on the Orient Express, Suffings of Foot, Murder by Death, Death on the Nile, The Private Eyes, The Mere Cracked, Evil Under the Sun, Death Trap, Flu, and Gosford Park, and the 1972 version of Sleuth, a favorite whodunit that was also an inspiration, particularly for the setting and the set design. And this is the first time, this movie is the first time he shot digitally and not with film. He's getting with the times, man. Yeah. He's getting with the times. <laughs> Finally. Damn. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> but yeah, that, that always like bewildered me just because, not bewilders me, but whenever I think about it, the reason why films kind of suck now uh, in Netflix and like those streaming services is because you can see the result immediately, like right then and there when you're shooting. So you're not, you don't really care. You don't really put as much thought and care into what's going on. Whereas oh, when you're right. shooting with film, the earliest you could see the footage is the next day. And right. so you have to be even more careful to make sure that you're not wasting your time, that you're actually doing correct measurements, like doing tape measures to see if this shot's giving me a focus, that you put in like the correct amount of lighting, that you calculate everything, and you put more thought and care into it. So that's that's what I like about shooting with film versus shooting with digital. They each have their so, pros and cons. Go ahead. W- would you say they they like you think they get they kind of get like a bit of a luxury problem that's like making them a bit like I don't know lazy. lazy? Yeah. yeah, I would say uh, that. Yes, for sure. And I don't see that with in this film because Ryan Johnson has that experience of working with mm. film, so he knows exactly what he's doing. He's been doing this for years, you know. He knows what he's doing. Whereas newer filmmakers grew up the luxury of smartphones usually or video. And now with DSLR cameras and mirrorless cameras, they don't really worry about this stuff because they can fix it in post. They take some time and care into 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 the shot, man. Just just do that. Right. Um don't don't do what I'm doing <laughs> where like this is not the best. Do what Ryan's doing right now. Look look at his camera. Look at his <laughs> look at his screen. <laughs> Hi. He's in focus. He's Filmmakers. using that camera. <laughs> Back to filming. So principal photography began on October 30th, 2018 in Boston, Massachusetts and wrapped on December 20th, 2018. And other filming locations in Massachusetts included Berlin, Easton, Marlboro, Natick, Wesley. Yeah, I think it's Wesley. Uh, Maynard, Waltham, and Medfield. And the exteriors of the house were filmed at a mansion located in Natick, about 17 miles west of Boston. And the Ames Mansion in Borderlands State Park, Massachusetts, were used for the interior shots. So, they weren't the same house. Actually, the exterior shots of that mansion, they're not revealing the location of it because the, the owners of it are very private and want to keep it private. So, so if you want to look for it, uh, good luck. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I never considered that to be a real house. Really? No, I like I just I just assumed it was a set. Like it just, just Oh, that's know. what you I don't know okay. I don't even know why, but I was like <laughs> no one lives here. Like this is just this was built yesterday here <laughs> and we tear it out. But um that makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I never considered I've that. always wanted to live in a house like that, but it's very expensive and yeah. just to just to, like buy it and also to like the upkeep like during the winter you have to like heat the whole house True. or whatever the isolation is terrible uh, <laughs> oh that, that that too that too <laughs> yeah but the one thing that they did build was the little trellis that they that anna climbed up to get to the oh, window right. yeah 
that's the yeah. one thing that that was new. Beyond that, everything else is already there. Very cool. When the cast was shooting this, um, there was like you know the scene where Ransom shows up for the first time and mm-hmm. he's like talking with the family. So the cast had trailers at base camp. So like in between sets, they could just go back to the trailer, but they all decided to stay in the house in between shots because they had to get a lot of coverage. They just decided to stay there and just like play pool. There's like a billiards oh, table cool. right there, and, and or charades. And <laughs> there were long days of getting to get all the coverage, but they all had fun there. I'm thinking that must have felt like an actual family right there. Like honestly, yeah, that sounds fun. Like I love charades. <laughs> like that sounds like <laughs> and, a fun work day. My favorite scene, uh, I didn't, I forgot about this scene, is when uh, Michael Shannon he's shoving cookies in Chris's face, and you can see Chris he's almost about to laugh. <laughs> you want cookies? You want these cookies? He's like almost like breaking. He's like, he's like trying not to laugh. <laughs> I completely forgot about this. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's true. A, yeah, it's a lot of memorable scenes. Like some some of them like are more remembered than others, but that's a very funny one. You want cookies, yeah. huh? You want cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's that's near the eat shit scene, right? That is, yeah, that's the exact same. Yeah, one. yeah, because I remember him walking around with the bag, like with like a I don't know, like a little container of cookies. I don't know. What yeah, that's yeah, called. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, as far as like reception of the film, the. Website Ryan Tomatoes holds an approval rating of 97% based on 467 reviews with an average rating of 8.3 out of 10. And the website's critics consensus, consensus reads, Knives Out sharpens old mis- murder mystery tropes with a keenly assembled suspense outing that makes a brilliant brilliant use of writer-director Ryan Johnson's stellar ensemble. And Andrew Chow, writing for Time, described the film as, quote, one of the most unexpectedly subversive films of the year. Unquote. All right. So a couple more fun facts just to like end this little discussion. Mm-hmm. So the Harlan's portrait, the painted portrait, wasn't ready during the filming of Knives Out. Ryan Johnson says, quote, every single shot you see in the movie that has a painting in it was a green screen. We just had oh. a green inside the frame. We had some amazing effects guy who we took a high quality photo of the painting and he comped it in every shot. Unquote. And I didn't know Very this cool. until I did more research, but. If you watch closely, Harlan's expression changes in his portrait once his murder is solved. So, really, in the, in the beginning of the film, his portrait is more straight-faced in the painting, and once the mystery is solved, his expression subtly changes to reveal like a slight smirk. Like, uh, yeah, I, cool. I did not know that. I had to like watch no, it again didn't. to see it. I have to go. I wonder see how again. how that was ever like. Did, did someone just notice that? No, they revealed it in like. Oh, they revealed um, it. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. damn. Benoit Blanc's accent, uh, which is Daniel Craig's character, is inspired <laughs> by Southern historian Shelby Foote. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I wonder what Shelby Foote sounds like because that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look at some videos of Shelby Foote. Yeah, I'm very curious now. And the last fun fact that I have right here is much of the artwork in the mansion features skeletons and skulls, hinting at the Latin motif, Memento Mori. Translating yeah. to "Remember, you must die," and someone did die. A couple. Someone of people did died. die. Oh, damn! So true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> R.P. Friend. R.P. Friend. <laughs> she got done dirty. Honestly, <laughs> she got done so dirty. <laughs> she was just. She was collateral damage, man. Yeah, it's it's so sad. It's so sad that like yeah. she was kind of an idiot too, <laughs> of like being at a <laughs> private location true like, um, like she was just com- she thought that she could do this on her own <laughs> she's like i can i got this 
Oh, and she was quite cool also. Like she was quite nice to Ada as well or uh, Martha. Like yeah, I think they was... also set her up as a nice person before she died. I remember like mm. with, with like the weed when they were smoking in the house. <laughs> um, like she was there with them as well, I think. So like they set her up super nicely. And then mm -hmm. that's the one person who also dies. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad. Makes me wonder like how Glass Onion will go like. Because I know it's just... True. It's like the franchise is more focused on Benoit Blanc. Mm -hmm. But I'm really curious as to how that... I don't even know what the movie's going to be about. Like I know it's going to be set in Greece Same. or whatever. Relevant yeah. Day. I don't know anything else. Yeah, I, I recently watched the trailer. Uh, which I never do. But I was like, this is my thing now. <laughs> now, now that now that it's a it's a franchise, I'm the knives out guy. <laughs> um, so then um, I watched the trailer, and they had, there were so many actors in it again. But I was yeah. kind of thinking while I was watching it, it would have been cool if Under Armour kind of joined him, like as an I don't know, like as a partner. Now it doesn't make sense <laughs> because she's a multimillionaire now; she doesn't have to work. Right. But it would have been so cool if they like teamed up and they started solving crimes together. I don't know why, but I was like, you know what? It doesn't make sense, but I would have loved it, you know? Like a sidekick. <laughs> True. Yeah, exactly. I would have liked maybe like a cameo. Uh, now a cameo? I, I feel like we could do a cameo. She's rich. Cameo. Like, we can have her, like, fly in or whatever on the private jet, like, <laughs> in the scene since they're in Greece. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know what? We, we should be running Netflix, man. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, hit my line, bro. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> With that, that concludes our conversation today. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. Really appreciate you taking me. the time today. So I need to ask you, was Knives Out a hit or a miss with you? Uh, big hit. Knockout, big honestly. Hit. Awesome. You did say it's one of the best movies ever. No, no, the, um, the best. The best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> I stand okay. on that. I stand on that. Yes. <laughs> so where can we find you on social media? At RivalryX on everything. Yes. On everything. Yep. Instagram. TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, technically TikTok. I don't have the app on my phone, but I do have an account. So okay. I don't really post on there, but you can find me on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Don't forget YouTube, Rivalry Reacts. Yeah. The reason why I invited you here is because I watched your Into the Spider-Verse um, video, and you said oh, you don't like right. Spider-Man because you hate spiders. I was like, yeah, yeah I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an arachnophobe. I'm terrified of spiders. Um, <laughs> and since a kid, I was like, nah, he's not. My, I don't mess with this guy. <laughs> like, I just objectively, no. <laughs> and it just stuck with me. I don't know. I just still don't like the guy. <laughs> but it was a great movie, though. It was a great movie. I'm glad to hear that. That's it for today, folks. You've been listening to the Hit List Podcast. This was Season 5, Episode 2. My name is Jason. And until next time, cross off a new film from your list. <laughs> yeah, follow uh, uh, follow on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five stars on Spotify, guys. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars.